At that time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. That day, the Spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord as the law required, Simeon was there. He took the child in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace, as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations, and he is the glory of your people, Israel. Does anyone remember April of 2020? Yeah. We were expecting our first baby, and we had just entered a global pandemic. Who was there? Yeah, we were all there. It was a crazy time. Um, our son was born on April 11th, and the next year was a big blur. Uh, I was working from home like most people, and therefore Theo got to attend all of my meetings, all my ministry calls, or more like I was working while I was playing with him, right? Um, got a cute picture of Theo. Uh, lots of things changed in our house when he was born. We went from being bougie coffee drinkers to getting a programmable coffee pot. I don't know how I missed that my whole life. We went from only thinking about ourselves to having to manage and keep another person alive. And it was a sweet time of life, but I remember us taking COVID really seriously because the doctor said to us when we left the hospital, like, don't let anyone in your home. You could get them sick or they could get you sick. Your baby doesn't have an immune system yet. And so we entered this immediate tension of being overwhelmed and trying to embrace this unexpected gift of time together as a family of three, right? It was, um, it was wonderful and scary and tension-filled all at the same time, but we were able to be comforted in our unknowns by Jesus. When you embrace Jesus as comforter, it changes everything. And so the tension that Jess, my wife and I felt, and many of you felt in 2020 is similar to what I envision Mary and Joseph, who were Jesus' parents, felt when he was a little baby. Today, we're gonna look at the passage in Luke 2 that Trey just read for us. And so if you'd open up your Bibles or take out your app, take out your phone and load the app to Look up Luke 2, verse 25. It's page 851. I'll take a moment and say hi to those that are watching online. And good morning to all of you in the room. I'm Joey. I'm one of the pastors here at the church, and they let me out of the student hall for a second week in a row. So lucky you. Um, I'm going to just pray for a second, and then we'll, we'll look at this passage. God, just be with us and speak to us 
through these words and through what you've put on my heart to say, may it just impact the people here and just, and just um, draw us near to your heart in your name. Amen. So a little bit about the passage. There are four main characters in this passage. There's Mary, there's Joseph, there's Jesus, and then there's this guy named Simeon. He's the unknown one. Many of us have heard about Mary and Jesus and, Jesus and Joseph before, but some things about Simeon that we can learn when we look at this passage are that he was righteous and devout. He followed God and people knew it. They knew he did. He was waiting on the Messiah to come and rescue Israel and the Holy Spirit was upon him, which means he had the empowerment from God to speak prophetically for God. So let's look at the passage together. At that time, okay, stop, sorry. At that time, first three words, whenever you see a verse in the Bible that begins like that, with an at that time, or as a result, or because, or whatever it is, you need to figure out what it's, what it's talking about. Um, in this moment, at that time means that after Jesus was born, after he'd been circumcised, and after they'd waited 40 days of his life. We can guess that it was 40 days because that's how long someone would have been unclean for if they, after they had a baby. So it had been 40 days when we pick up this, this passage. So in those 40 days, Mary and, and, Jesus, and Joseph and Jesus, they'd had a hard time in life, right? They traveled to Bethlehem to follow the law, to be there for the census, and then Jesus is born in a barn because Joseph's relatives didn't, want, didn't have room for them in their house. And as I studied this, I was like, and also they, maybe they didn't want to let them in their house because they would have been unclean too if Jesus was born in their house. And so they, and also Joseph's family, all of their family would have been in town for the census. So there was a ton of people packed into a home and they sent Mary and Joseph out to live in the barn to have the baby, right? And so Mary was unclean, and then Joseph was unclean because I'm guessing he had to help. So Joseph and Mary, 40 days goes by. They go to the temple with their firstborn because it's a son, and he's supposed to be dedicated to the Lord and in the law. And they pay their sacrifice, which their sacrifice would have been two young pigeons because they were poor. So they... They pay, they class themselves as poor by giving the poor person sacrifice. They're tired, they're worn down, life's been hard for them, and I'm guessing they weren't sleeping very well because they have a baby. Um, just guessing. <laughs> Mary and Joseph were in part of a temple that only women were allowed in. So the temple had like sections, and there were sections that men could go in, sections that like the, the Pharisees could go in, there are sections that women could go in. So they're in this section that women could be in, and they run into Simeon. Simeon normally wouldn't have been hanging around in that part of the temple. So that's all that's happening, okay? So at that time, Luke 2.25, let's look at it together. At that time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel the Holy Spirit was upon him and revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. That day, the Spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord as the law required, Simeon was there. So all this stuff's going on with Mary and Joseph, finding out she's pregnant, going to town for the census, staying in the barn with the animals, and Simeon is just waiting to die. 
He's waiting. He's, he's waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. And so, if you think like Israel at the time, Israel was a, a nation that wasn't unified on everything. They were divided, much like our nation is divided now. And they desperately needed to be rescued. Some translations of the Bible use the word consolation of Israel, those words instead of rescue of Israel. And the word consolation actually means comfort. So Simeon is waiting for the comfort of Israel. That's what he means by rescue. So Simeon, he's, what he's doing is he's wanting the, this divided nation to be unified and be comforted. Simeon's longing for the Messiah to come and make everything right to provide comfort or rescue to the Israelites. When Simeon embraced Jesus as comforter, it changed everything, and it changed everything for his life. And then Simeon encounters Mary and Joseph. In verse 28, it says, he took the child in his arms and praised God. I remember being so protective of our firstborn. I also remember the great relief when we said, nope, we're going to let people come in our house and hold him and give us a break. Like suddenly we weren't doing it alone. So when I was reading this, I was thinking like Mary and Joseph had been caring for Jesus by themselves for 40 days. And so when this strange man comes up and takes the baby from them, like they must have had this sense of like relief and fear and all the things, this tension all at the same time, like what's happening and thank goodness for this break. If you're a parent, you remember. But then what comes next is really surprising because they don't know who this guy is. Simeon, he praises God and he delivers a prophecy. He speaks these words over the baby in verse 29. He says, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, which you've prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations and he is the glory of your people, Israel. So I'm pretty sure that Mary and Joseph had not been broadcasting all over the town that this baby Jesus was the Son of God. That would seem a little dangerous to share broadly. People wouldn't believe them. And, and also, they hadn't been in contact with many people for a while. But Simeon knows who this baby is because he's filled with the Holy Spirit. Simeon declares Jesus as comforter, as salvation bringer, and it changes everything. This is God speaking through Simeon, and what comes out of his mouth was shocking. He said that God would bring salvation for all people. So what's shocking about this is the Jewish people who Mary and Joseph were, they had thought that salvation was just for them. Like, they thought it was for them. They assumed that the Gentiles, who was everybody else that wasn't Jewish, wouldn't be saved, but they were wrong because God's love was bigger than they could have ever imagined. God's love was bigger than they could have ever imagined. And so let's look at verse 33. Jesus' parents were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them, and he said to Mary, the baby's mother, this child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall and many others to rise. He has been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. So we have the advantage of having the rest of the Gospel of Luke and the other Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and John. So we know how the story continues. But what a prophecy 
as a young parent to get spoken about your baby. He's going to cause many to fall and many others to rise. But that's just what Jesus did with his life. He humbled the proud, the rich, and the powerful, and he raised the weak and the poor and the powerless. And in Matthew 20, verses 25 through 28, Jesus says this to his disciples. He says, you know that the rulers in this world lord it over their people and officials flaunt their authority over those under them, but among you it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first among you must be your slave. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. The end of verse 35 says many will oppose him. Jesus is the comfort bringer for Simeon, and yet he gives this prophecy that many people will oppose him, that will oppose Jesus, that Jesus would do so much good while he walked the earth, and it was unexpected good, and it faced much opposition. He healed people, and he changed people's lives, and the things that happened were good, but the followers of the old law, the people that were Jewish, they didn't like how. They didn't like when he was doing these things. And so our world is different today than it was back then, but people still oppose Jesus. They have the opportunity to have this life-altering relationship with Jesus, and yet they oppose what he offers for whatever reason they have. But Jesus came and he died and he rose again for all people as a light to reveal God to all the nations. And so If you aren't following Jesus yet and you want to be or you're curious about him, like this is the kind of Jesus we're talking about, the one who could bring comfort to the whole world, the one who as a baby brought comfort to an old man. If you want to know more about what it means to follow Jesus, we would love to talk to you about that. You can come over to the prayer wall over here, change sides after service, or you can come talk to me or text me or email me. Like, we'd love to have a conversation about what that looks like. This passage that we're looking at ends in verse 35 when Simeon says something that's a little cryptic. And this is what he says. He says, as a result, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your very soul. As a result. Remember earlier when I said you see these sorts of words and you have to figure out what it's talking about. So as a result, in this case, the, um, the cause that, that causes this phrase to be in effect is that Jesus would cause many to rise and many to fall and that, he would, and that he was a sign from God. And then it says the deepest hearts of many will be revealed. So this happened through Jesus' life. The deepest hearts of many were revealed because he would heal someone and instead of the healing being celebrated, the Pharisees, the religious leaders, they were worried about how it looked. Like, that guy's been paralyzed his whole life. Jesus heals him, and they're concerned about what day he did it on, not excited that the person can walk. They were worried about rules. Mary knew, Mary knew that Jesus had been sent by God. She knew it, but she didn't fully grasp the magnitude of what would happen with Jesus or what would happen to her. 
The end of Simeon's prophecy is for Mary. A sword will pierce your very soul. And since we know the whole story, we know that Mary would watch Jesus die. Jesus, her firstborn. Jesus, the one that Mary took so much criticism for. Jesus, the one who changed her life to. Jesus, her Messiah. While he gave Mary eternal life, he also brought pain to Mary through, her, through his death. Another thought on this verse 35 from N.T. Wright says, Mary will look on in dismay as her son is rejected by the very city to which he offered the way of peace, by the very people he had come to rescue. When I think of Simeon, his prophecy, his song, one word comes to my mind, and that word is tension. And this one way, this is one way that the prophecy of Simeon can apply to us. Like the holiday season we're entering into, it's hard. It's tension-filled. It stirs up for us reminders of all the good and all the bad, of the great family relationships we have with the broken ones, of the desire for a better job that could provide more for your family with the feeling that we're stuck in the job that we're in with the hope for freedom wrapped with the pain of the addiction that nobody knows about, or the joys of the healing that we experience and the pain of the illness that others have, or people we long to know the love of Jesus who don't know it yet. The holidays are a mixed bag. It's a both-and, tension-filled scenario for everyone. And we can find comfort in Jesus, the one true comforter, and he invites us to embrace our tension, just like his parents had to do, just like his first followers had to do, just like Simeon had to do, this tension of the now and the not yet, that Jesus can heal a person and hasn't, or that he can bring that person into relationship with him and their eyes just aren't open yet, or whatever that tension might be in your life. Simeon needed Mary and Joseph, and Mary and Joseph needed Simeon. Simeon spoke words of affirmation over them, of prophecy, of a reminder of what they signed up for, and it was exactly what they needed to hear in the exact right moment. Simeon had been waiting for Jesus, and Mary and Joseph brought Jesus to him so that Simeon would be ready to die once he'd seen who would comfort Israel. Just like Simeon had this song for this season of his waiting, or this poem, I tried to sing it to try to find like a tune, and it was hard. Just side note, I'm a youth pastor, I do those things. I was like, I can't figure it out. But just like he had this, I think we can have songs or in our season of life for what we need. And I don't, you don't have to be a poet or a songwriter. You can use other people's songs, and we can find our song for our season, and then we can make a decision to, to lean into our song, whatever it might be. So I'm a big fan of music. For me, it's a literal song. My wife, some of you might know her, she's a volunteer worship leader here. And I'm 100% confident, as verified this week by Spotify Unwrapped, if you guys have that, that I listen to more music than she does. I play it around the house all the time. I always have it playing in my office. My coworkers can attest or in my car unless the sports radio's on or when I mow the grass or rake the leaves or put up Christmas lights. Like you get the picture. Music is something that drives my life and it brings me peace. And so in my personal season that I'm in of unrest, of embracing lots of tension, of 
desiring my family to know Jesus and yet being one of the people that gets in the way of that too often, of desiring healing for loved ones and not seeing it happen yet, a season of exhaustion as we raise little boys. Like, I'm just making sure you know my life's not perfect, okay? I have a song of comfort in this season, and it's not a Christmas song, but it's really important to me right now, and here's why. We live in a world where we think all the time that it's up to us. That's what culture tells us. It's up to us to figure it out, to be the ones to get it done, to be the, the person that you know, has to perform, that it all depends on my performance. And as a personality type in every test that's an achiever and a striver and wanting to knock it out of the park, this song that I'm about to read some lyrics of, it grounds me. It brings me back to the feet of Jesus. It's called Take It Easy. And it's by this group called the Porter's Gate. And someone shared this album with my wife who shared it with me. And it's the album that I play when I'm holding my upset one-year-old in the middle of the night. And it's become a bit of anthem, of an anthem for me, like when I'm trying to pray, when I'm trying to show up, when I'm trying to rest, when I lean in and I find the comforter. So here's some of the words. Take it easy, take it easy. God already loves you completely. Lay down the scales where you weigh out your life. The measures are empty, just leave them behind. The distance between his two hands are enough to tell you the depths of his love. Lay down the armor you brought to the fight. Lay down your weapons and lay down your strife. God's on your side and he won't let you go. He already loves who you are. He won't ask you to be something more. These lyrics and more recenter me to what I truly believe is most important in my life. They center me around Jesus and that he has done the work and that I'm invited to sit at his feet. So what is it for you? What is it that you can cling to in this holiday season to return to the feet of Jesus, to the comfort of Jesus? If it's a song, if it's a poem, a Bible verse, whatever it is that can make up your Christmas playlist, in this season of tension. And as you wait, as you wait in the now and the not yet for whatever it is that you're longing for in this season, my prayer is that Simeon's song, that this song, those lyrics I just read, are reminders of the comfort that Jesus can bring. The tension that we live in, it doesn't have to cripple us. It can increase our dependency on God and our community. We can find comfort in Jesus, and it can change everything about our situation, even if nothing in the situation changes. The comfort lets us live and operate within the tension, because often we can and we have to move forward in our life. We can't just sit there. And as people who are following Jesus, we can move forward, and we can help others embrace their tension and be comforted by the comforter as well. So here are some thoughts about how we can practically show up for each other as we live in the tension. We can pray. This is the most churchy one I could think of, pray. Obvious, right? You guys would have gotten that one too. In the kids' rooms, they would have raised their hand and said pray. Um, but I'm convinced that it makes a difference when we pray. It connects us to our creator. It awakens us to the bigger picture of the world. 
and it helps set our posture for our day, for our hour, for our moment, whatever we're about to enter into for the day. So whether it's like a contentious Christmas party or coffee with a friend or a family gathering that you're dreading for whatever reason you're dreading it, like my, the prayer for what you're about to enter into helps set you up for a more present and a more focused time and it centers you on what's most important. So you can pray, you can be present to comfort each other in the tension of the now and not yet. We need to show up for each other when it's appropriate, you know. We can physically show up at a friend's side or we can send a text or a phone call or whatever it is to, to your person that you need to be being present with. And so one action idea for right now is that you could take out your phones and you could go ahead and whoever's name just popped up when I brought this up, you could send them a text and say, hey, let's get together this week or whatever. You have my permission, just don't turn the volume on on your phone, please, um, especially the click sounds. So you can pray, you can be present, and then the third thing that I think you can do to care for others and care for yourself is to rest. You can rest because he loves you just the way that you are. His grace is enough for you. His promises are good. He's a faithful king. And there's nothing that you have to fix in your life to sit at his feet and be comforted. There's nothing that you have to do in your, to fix in your life to sit at his feet and be comforted. You're invited to rest. We don't have to be anything but who we are, and he loves us exactly as we are. Our hope for you in this holiday season is that as we look at these different songs in the Bible about Jesus' birth, is that you would be reminded of what grounds you, that you'd be able to be present to those that need you, and that you would rest and know that the hope that comes this Christmas in the form of a baby who changed the world forever. When you embrace Jesus as comforter, it can change everything. Let me pray for us. God, thank you for this message. Thank you that this Simeon song got in the Bible. Thank you that we have it. Thank you that we are able to look at it and be directed to the feet of Jesus. And I just pray for each of us as we enter our own tension-filled holiday seasons that you would help us find comfort in you. That you would help us show up for our people and comfort them and that you would let us just sit and return to your feet. It is the best place to be. So we just love you and we thank you in your name. Amen. For you, who has been waiting for so long. For you, who has been crying out, help, and how long. For you, who sits here to celebrate and still waits. For you, who hopes by a thread but keeps holding on. You, sitting here and there, believing that light will come 
not just for you, but for everyone. You, beloved one, daughter and son, your every ache, all the silent space is held together by the one whose face of light and love has come, the one who sees you in the dark, lonely womb of waiting is here. God with us, Jesus, our Emmanuel is here, the one who has heard your heart beating since the very first beat is here. Your Emmanuel, Jesus, is here.